Our dear loving Father in heaven, glory be unto your name, Lord, for your mercy, for your love and kindness, and for also giving us life. Lord, we thank you so much because we know that it is not because of our righteousness or holiness that we have life today, but it's an evidence of your love, your mercy, your kindness, and your great faithfulness. Father, we want to reciprocate the love that you have shown towards us. And we know that your word has said that if we love you, we should keep your commandments. But as we are also told, without you, we can do nothing. We are of our own selves sinful. We, we need your help, dear Lord. And we also understand that we need to glorify you with a life of holiness and righteousness. Therefore, Lord, as we fellowship with you now, please grant us the strength to live that life that you want us to live as we study your word help us lord to have wisdom and understanding consecrate me to your service and grant me of your spirit grant us all of your spirit that we may have the power to reflect the image of our lord and savior jesus christ in jesus name i've prayed amen Conflict and Courage, October 1 Come and see Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. John chapter 1 verse 45 Philip called Nathanael, if Nathanael had trusted to the rabbis for guidance, he would never have found Jesus. It was by seeing and judging for himself that he became a disciple. So in the case of many today whom prejudice withholds from good, how different would be the result if they would come and see. Like Nathanael, we need to study God's word for ourselves and pray for the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. He who saw Nathanael under the fig tree will see us in the secret place of prayer. Angels from the word of light are near to those who in humility seek for divine guidance. With the calling of John and Andrew and Simon, of Philip and Nathanael, began the foundation of the Christian church. John directed two of his disciples to Christ. Then one of these, Andrew, found his brother and called him to the Savior. Philip was then called and he went in search of Nathaniel. These examples should teach us the importance of personal effort, of making direct appeals to our kindred, friends and neighbors. There are many who need the ministration of loving Christian hearts. Many have gone down to ruin who might have been saved if their neighbors, common men and women, had put forth personal effort for them. Many are waiting to be personally addressed. In the very family, the neighborhood, the town where we live, there is work for us to do as missionaries for Christ. If we are Christians, this work will be our delight. No sooner is one converted than there is born within him 
a desire to make known to others what a precious friend he has found in Jesus. The saving and sanctifying truth cannot be shut up in his heart. Now that Jesus has ascended to heaven, his disciples are his representatives among men, and one of the most effective ways of winning souls to him is in exemplifying his character in our daily life. A consistent life characterized by the meekness of Christ is a power in the world. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Come and See and it is a beautiful one. The Lord will answer our prayers today as he has been doing before because I want us to understand the reason that we are studying what we are studying. The sole aim of life is for us to have the image of God restored in us. And every day as we learn, we have to take something into ourselves or to reinforce that which we have taken before of the character and attributes of our Lord Jesus Christ, the character of truth, the character of holiness and righteousness. And as we are studying the devotion, Conflict and Courage, it is actually a study of people who were men of like passions like ourselves. That's what we are looking at. So that's why you see the focus of the devotion is on people to see what they have passed through and how they dealt with it, to repeat the good things they did and to avoid the mistakes they made. The Lord has given us a wealth of information that has placed us on vantage ground, that has given us advantages that men in the past did not have. Look at holy men like Elijah, John the Baptist. Elijah did not have his own experience to read, to get courage from, but we have Elijah's experience. We talk about how oh Elijah got discouraged, John the Baptist misinterpreted the coming of the Messiah. Should we repeat the same mistakes they made? Certainly not, because we have their experience to learn from. It is true that our time is far worse than theirs. We are living in the hour of temptation. But the Lord has given us uh, the tool of the word of God. It is more than a match for the time in which we live. It is true that our time is a terrible one, but the Lord has given us enough power, more grace to meet whatever troubles we have today. So let us go into the study, come and see. Now we are looking at the first disciples of Jesus and how they were called. So I'll just read the account in the book of John chapter 1 from verse 35. It says, again, the next day, this is the day after Jesus had uh, baptized and he had told the people behold the lamb of god he says again the next day after john stood and two of his disciples and looking upon jesus as he walked he said behold the lamb of god and the two disciples heard him speak and they followed jesus oh, the lord blessed those two disciples then jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them what seek ye they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. 
and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. I'm just imagining the, what a pleasant experience it was for these people. Going on in verse 43, it says, The day following, Jesus will go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael saith unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. I will stop here for now because the focus is on that statement, Come and see. What does this mean for us today? Come and see Christ as we study his word. That's how we come and see. Reading from uh, Conflict and Courage, page 280, paragraph 3, it says, Like Nathaniel, we need to study God's word for ourselves and pray for the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. He who saw Nathaniel under the fig tree will see us in the secret place of prayer. Angels from the world of light are near to those who in humility seek for the divine guidance end of quote what are we supposed to come and see we come and see christ that is what we are supposed to come and see you see do you did you read what these people were saying here they were referring to a messiah that was promised by moses these men poor men fishermen they didn't have so much but the fact that they were disciples of john showed what manner of people they were they were not disciples of sadducees and Pharisees. John did not have political greatness to offer anybody. John did not have food to offer. John did not have worldly greatness to offer. The very fact that they were disciples of John shows that their heart was a sincere one. These are men who were looking forward to righteousness and holiness because that's what John was preaching. So for them to have been disciples of John shows that these men aspired for greater things that was not what the pharisees and the sadducees were aspiring for the first person who led them to christ was john john told them look at him this is the lamb the, the, the character of john is just so beautiful even though he had these men as his disciples he was willing to let them go don't follow me and those two people who uh, he was actually john and andrew he left john that day and followed Jesus and John was not offended because that was his joy for the Messiah to be uplifted and he decrees and those two disciples John went to call his brother James Andrew went to call his brother Peter which is who we know as Simon actually his name is actually Simon and then J Jesus himself called Philip the next day and told him follow me and Philip told Nathaniel come and see we all need to have an experience for ourselves to come and see Christ. And like I've said, we see him by studying his word. The only way Nathaniel could have come to see was by entering into that secret place of prayer. And like we read, if Nathaniel trusted to the rabbis and the Pharisees of his day, he would not follow Jesus. He was a person who searches for himself. He was a person who wanted to know the truth for himself and not to be led astray by anybody. 
And this is the spirit we need to have so that we can come and see for ourselves. Do not let prejudice block the way for you. will see more on Nathaniel in subsequent devotions. What does come and see mean? We are to come and see Christ as we visit people, to have Bible studies with them in their homes. The part of our devotion said that in, page, in paragraph 5 said that there are many who need the ministration of loving Christian hearts. Many have gone down to ruin who might have been saved if their neighbors, common men and women, had put forth personal effort for them. Many are waiting to be personally addressed. In the very family, the neighborhood, the town where we live, there is work for us to do as missionaries for Christ." End of quote. Here we understand that coming to see Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to see Jesus physically because Jesus is in heaven right now. There's no Jesus around for us to tell people like Nathaniel to come and see. Because when Philip went to meet Nathaniel, he actually put forth personal effort for Nathaniel's sake. He went to call him. If he didn't do that, Nathaniel wouldn't have been a disciple. It wasn't Jesus who called Nathaniel. It was Philip who called him. And Philip put effort by going to meet him. It, it tells us the kind of work we need to do for people today. After all is said and done, many people read the word of God and ask, are these things practicable when they have come to see? Is it, is it possible that someone like Jesus ever existed? Some people ask. Is it possible what he said we should do? Only Jesus can be Jesus. Who can really forgive their adulterous spouse? Because when people study the word of God, they are wondering, is this thing possible? Because they have come to see Jesus. Just like Nathaniel, they are doubting. Are you sure that this is the Christ? And then some people are also saying, is it possible that these things I'm reading in the word of God are true? Are the prophecies true? Is it possible for someone to really live this kind of righteous, holy life? Look at the things Jesus is saying. Who can really forgive their adulterous spouse? Who is it that can actually stay without enjoying the pleasures of this world? Can anyone really allow themselves to be to, to turn the other cheek or go a second mile like Jesus is saying? What do we do now in our day for people who need to come and see Jesus? We read in our devotion, paragraph 6, it says, now that Jesus has ascended to heaven, his disciples are his representatives among men, and one of the most effective ways of winning souls to him is in exemplifying his character in our daily life. A consistent life characterized by the meekness of Christ is a power in the world. End of quote. So what am I saying here? If we need to tell people come and see, we need to ask ourselves come and see what? This is not come and read. This is not come and hear. The people are reading the word of God. The people are hearing the preaching of the word of God. But we need to say come and see. Because when people study, they doubt like Nathaniel. Is it possible? Can we really practice these things we see in the word of God? Are you really saying I should not resist any evil like Jesus teaches? Are these things practicable? Perhaps the Lord says I should forgive and my brethren or my enemies are there who have done me so great evil. Are you saying I should really forgive them? And my wife cheated on me or my husband. 
Should I really forgive my friend betrayed me? Should I forgive? How about the fact that we are told not to steal or kill or I should not even cheat in any way at all but I need to make ends meet. I need to cheat before I can actually make ends meet. Or is it the keeping of the Sabbath? How practicable is that in the world in which we live? What is it that the people need to convince them like Nathaniel? We need to say to them, come and see. But come and see what? Come and see, not Jesus himself now, but his representatives. We, his disciples. We are to be examples so that people see our lives. And as they see our lives, it will be a push for them. It will be a power for them to realize that it is not just about Peter. That the conflict and courage to study today is my own life. It's your own life. It is not just to study Daniel and Hezekiah and Jehoshaphat and Asher. People need to see a Jehoshaphat today. They need to see an Asher today. They need to see a Simon today. They need to see a John the Baptist today. Reading about John the Baptist and Simon and all of that, it may not be enough for some people. Some people need to see Christ exemplified right before their eyes. And as they come and see Christ in you and in me, they will be pushed and convinced and say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have tasted for myself and I have seen. Philippians chapter 3 verse 17. Paul was the one who said, Brethren, be ye followers together of me, and mark them which walk also, as ye have us for an example. What does that mean? For Paul to be saying, follow me, that means he is a follower of Christ. And he can safely say to the people, follow me. Why can he safely say to the people, follow me? He didn't say follow Christ. Why? Because he is a follower of Christ. Jesus said to Philip, follow me. Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. Paul is saying to the people in his time, follow me. Can you say to people, follow me? If people follow you, where will they end? If they follow all the examples of your life from the day, from the moment you wake up in the morning till the evening, everything you do, if they repeat every single thing you do and especially even your thoughts and the motives behind your actions, where will they end? Are you a safe example? Can people come and see you? And if they come and see you and follow your example, where will they end? Will they end in the kingdom of God or will they end with their lives completely gone forever because they will be burnt with fire and brimstone? What shall it be? Can people come and see you? People need a revelation of Christ today. That is what people need. Reading from the book Reflecting Christ, page 231, we are told, We are living in the midst of an epidemic of crime at which thoughtful, God-fearing men everywhere stand aghast. The corruption that prevails, it is beyond the power of human pen to describe. Every day brings fresh revelations of political strife by bribery and fraud. Every day brings his heart-sickening record of violence and lawlessness, of indifference to human suffering, of brutal, fiendish destruction of human life. Every day testifies to the increase of insanity, murder and suicide. Who can doubt that satanic agencies are at work among men with increasing activity to distract and corrupt the mind and defile and destroy the body? And while the world is filled with these evils, the gospel is too often presented in so indifferent a manner as to make but little impression upon the consciences or the lives of men. 
everywhere there are hearts crying out for something which they have not they long for a power that will give them mastery over sin a power that will deliver them from the bondage of evil a power that will give health and life and peace many who once knew the power of god's word have dwelt where there is no recognition of god and they long for the divine presence the world needs today what it needed 1900 years ago a revelation of christ a great work of reform is demanded and it is only through the grace of christ that the work of restoration physical mental and spiritual can be accomplished to everyone who becomes a partaker of his grace the lord appoints a work for others individually we are to stand in our lot and place saying here am i send me upon the minister of the word the missionary nurse the christian physician the individual christian whether he be merchant or farmer professional man or mechanic the responsibility rests upon all it is our work to do what to reveal the, to men the gospel of their salvation every enterprise in which we engage should be a means to this end end of quote amen so we see here what our work is we are to reflect christ to the people we are the representatives of jesus that people are to come and see so that the nathaniels of this world who are doubting can believe we are to be that revelation of christ that is what the world needs today so that people will stop looking at the bible as mere fables because people look at it and wonder is it possible people need to see christ in us and say it is possible now that i have seen this brother now that i have seen this sister of our truth i know that there is a god in heaven who can transform the lives of people and can make man to be as the golden wedge of all fire that can cleanse him and make him to be like jesus indeed victory over sin is possible indeed holiness is possible indeed we can reflect the image of jesus but why is it that we cannot have an influence on the world today why is it that people are coming to see many christians but there is no change for them as it was for nathaniel where he asked he was not seeing any change when he looked at the pharisees and sadducees while it is true that there are many hardened in sin today and will even crucify jesus himself if he were here it is also true that there are many who are disgusted and have been chased away from Christ because of the unchristlikeness of those who claim to be his followers. Reading from Fundamentals of Christian Education, page 289, paragraph 1, we are told there are many in the church who at heart belong to the world. But God calls upon those who claim to believe the advanced truth to rise above the present attitude of the popular churches of today. Where is the self-denial? Where is the cross-bearing that Christ has said should characterize his followers? The reason we have had so little influence upon unbelieving relatives and associates is that we have manifested little decided difference in our practices from those of the world. Parents need to awake and purify their souls by practicing the truth in their home life.
And reading from Testimonies, Volume 6, page 146, paragraph 3, we are told, We are not to elevate our standard just a little above the world's standard, but we are to make the distinction decidedly apparent. The reason we have had so little influence upon unbelieving relatives and associates is that there has been so little decided difference between our practices and those of the world." End of quote. So what are we learning from here? It is that if we must have that personal effort on the lives of our brethren, our relatives, our friends or strangers around us, our neighbors, we must have a decided difference in our practice and theirs not just because we want to be different but because the world has gone so far away from the truth that if we practice the truth as it is in the word of god like ezra you will see that you are not going to force yourself to be different you will be different how is your how are your ideas what ideas do you follow in your mind the first thing how when people look at you that's your dress how is it is there a decided difference between you and the world? When people come and see you, will they see Christ in your dress? How about your manner of speech? The way you talk? Will they see a difference? Will they say about you like they said of Peter, your speech betrayeth you. You are of Christ. There is a way one who is of Christ will talk. And the people were able to know that Peter was of Christ. He couldn't hide it. He had spent three and a half years of his life with Jesus. His speech had changed. He was now talking differently. He was kind in his speech. And it was apparent that this man, you are of Christ, just by his speech. Will your speech give you up and people will say, oh, you are like Christ? The only reason that some people of an honest heart have not been converted into the truth is because the church has not risen higher than the world. The difference between them is very little. Like we read, there are many in the church who in their hearts they belong to the world. And also, there is little distinction between ourselves and the world. But what is God calling us to do now? raise the standard higher we are not to elevate our standard just a little above the world standard but we are to make the distinction distinctly and decidedly apparent this is what we are to do for people to come and see us and be converted let us make every effort by appeals by invitations and especially by the example of our own life to bid others to come and see jesus but there is a problem when people come and see in the church, many of them run away. And the reason is what I have been saying, reading from Testimonies, Volume 6, page 370, paragraph 3, it says, If the churches expect strength, they must leave the truth which God has given them. If the members of our churches disregard the light on this subject, which is supposed to be health reform at this time, in context, they will reap the sure result in both spiritual and physical degeneracy. And the influence of these older church members will live in those newly come to the faith. The Lord does not now work to bring many souls into the truth because of the church members who have never been converted and those who were once converted but who have backslidden. What influence will these unconsecrated members have on new converts? Would they not make of no effect? the God-given message which his people are to bear? End of quote. Of course they will. Did you hear that? God does not want people to come and see the churches. He's keeping them away. He's not working hard to bring people 
people into the church. Why? Because it is like shooting himself on the foot. It would have been better they did not even know the church, some churches. Because when people come there and see, oh my, they become worse. Just like the Pharisees were doing to people in those days. Jesus said that they go around making proselytes and make them twice the children of hell than themselves. That is what is happening to people when they come and see today. But people need to come and see God's people reflect the lord is making us making us understand that we have a work to do and this work we have seen it doesn't matter your position whether you are a minister or a missionary or you're just a mere man like a mechanic any work you are doing god is calling you to do a work for him from spalding and megan page 195 paragraph 5 we are told it is time that church members take note this is not ministers church members understood that everywhere there is a work to be done in the lord's vineyard no one is to wait for a regular process before they make any efforts they should take up the work right where they are end of quote and this work my brothers and sisters is a very noble work it's a work that will reap great rewards and blessings do not leave it for only the ministers go and add stars to your crown by preaching the truth by leaving it out for people to come and see you and then you tell them about christ and as they come and see their own lives shall be changed and to give you an icing on the cake to promise to propel you to do this work the lord promises you of such a reward that you are going to get and how much of a blessing it will be if you engage in this work reflecting christ page 236 paragraph 4 and 5 says while christ will be glorified as the only redeemer there will be an overflow of gratitude from the saved for the human instrumentalities employed in their salvation their gratitude to those who rescued them will find expression in words like these I was pursuing a cause that was a dishonor and an offense to my Redeemer. You manifested a love for my soul. You opened to me the word of God. I was on the brink of ruin. Your prayers, your tearful entreaties, your earnest interest arrested my attention. I thought that you must have the truth or you would not be so earnest for the salvation of others. I read the word of God for myself and found that what you told me was the truth in other words i came and see this is the this is like the experience between nathaniel and philip it was philip who made the effort for nathaniel and nathaniel will be grateful to philip in these same words philip continued the reading it says i am saved and i will praise my redeemer for his mercies for his matchless mercy and pardoning love those who think they can do but little should improve every opportunity to do that little it may be the smallest link in the longest chain. And what was it that Philip did? All Philip did was say to Nathaniel, Come and see, we have found the Messiah. That is the little. If that is the little you can do, do the little diligently. It may be the smallest link in the longest chain. And that thing Philip did indeed was the smallest link in the longest chain. And even Andrew, who called his brother Peter, it was the smallest link in the longest chain. Look at how much Peter did for the gospel. Continuing the reading, it says, Separated from other influences, it may appear of little worth. But in God's great chain of circumstances, it may be the link which connects a soul to heaven. All can do something if they will. But too often, selfishness prevents them from doing what they might, until the souls whom they might have saved are beyond the reach of human effort. End of quote. 
brethren, the Lord is teaching us a lesson here. And the lesson is, do the little you can in inviting people to the truth. And at best, be a representative of Jesus of whom people can see. And when they see you, they will get the zeal and courage to practice what they are reading in the word of God. And the reward of such a work will be blessings upon blessings. And let us not be those Christians who when people come and see them, oh, what a shame. Instead of it being an encouragement, it will be a discouragement to the world and say, if this is what Christians are like, I am not interested. So that we will be among those who, because of us, the Lord is not working to bring people to the church. Do you understand that that is a reality? Because of you. It may be because of you, because of the way you do your things, because of your character. God is keeping people away from the church because of the jealousy, the envy, the hatred, because of the worldliness that you display in your dress, in your way of living, because you are engrossed in the entertainment of the world just like the rest of the world. Because you steal, you lie, you cheat, because you involve yourself in politics. Because you involve yourself in politics, God says, I will not bring these people to this church my sincere people who are scattered around in the world if i bring them here they will make them twice the children of hell and they will not be saved anymore and the lord says no i won't we need not be among those who the, who make our standard just a little bit different from the world and it's very hard to see any difference we need to be among those who will elevate the standard and will be like jesus and will be an encouragement to others to show them it is possible to keep the commandments of god like paul who can say be ye followers of me come and see me we can be able to say the same thing because we are following christ and our our lives are hid with christ in god because we are depending on him and with him we can do all things because he will strengthen us let us pray thank you dear father for these words and i pray father please make us to be among those who will be like paul who when people follow our example indeed they are following christ and they can come and see us and their lives shall be transformed and they can be encouraged today not necessarily reading the stories in the bible but looking at our own lives our own story people can be encouraged to the truth forgive us for the times that we have been among those who because of us you have hidden people away from the church forgive us for any time we have misrepresented you help us lord from henceforth through your spirit to reflect the image of Christ properly and to be your ambassadors on